Yo, what's good? What's good? It's the and Hoodie, and welcome to another episode of the Brother Next Door Podcast, where we talk about finance, personal development, skills to get you further in life through actionable steps, and my own personal experiences. In this episode, we're talking about personal finance. Specifically, I'm going to go through a couple of articles, a couple of surveys that I um, looked over and just, you know, saw some shocking facts, shocking information that I just wanted to relay with y'all. Because uh, I think it's important that we learn about finance. That's, that's part of the main reason why I started this podcast is so we could learn about finance together and just grow and, you know, get our money right, make sure our money's in order. That way, you know, other things in our life can start to fall in line. So this first survey that I looked at was Bank of America, right? They have a program called Better Money Habits. And basically, it's just a program uh, teaching adults or, you know, really anybody about, you know, good financial habits. So that's another great resource that you can go check out and, you know, utilize when it comes to learning more about personal finance. But this article specific specifically was about them surveying uh, Gen Z or ages between 18 and 14. Now, this was a couple years back. So, you know, that range has shifted a little bit over the years, obviously. But the main idea is, you know, ages between 18 and 24. That's my demographic for this podcast is people between 18 and 30. And so that's (laughs) that fits, you know, right there uh, within my target audience. So understand that the first thing that stuck out to me was. Nearly 70% of people say that the pandemic pandemic has influenced their financial priorities, right? Sometimes it takes, a lot of times it takes, you know, a tragic event or something crazy to happen in your life for you to make significant changes. And for a lot of people, the pandemic did that for them. Now, honestly, I was really a part of that 30%. I mean, it, it reminded me. But it wasn't like a, oh, I really need to start doing this or I really need to start doing that. I already had great financial habits. I was already, you know, doing for the most part what I was supposed to be doing, what I feel like I should be doing in my current situation, you know, in my current situation back then. And so that pandemic was kind of just a reminder of, okay, let me continue saving. Okay, let me continue investing. Okay, let me continue making sure that I have an emergency fund for when situations like this does happen. So I hope that, you know, the pandemic did teach you something. I hope that pandemic did, you know, if it didn't teach you something, at least, you know, like it did me, remind me that, you know, life does happen and you need to be be prepared for when life does happen, right? So understand that one third, as far as, you know, confronting gaps in the financial education and discussions, one third of Gen Z, Gen Z, remember back then, rated financial knowledge as low. So that's a third of people. One in three people considered their financial literacy low. And I think that was, it's not terrible, you know. 66% people, you know, believe that they have decent financial literacy. But I, I truly believe we need to get that number up. I truly believe that a lot, everybody should have a firm 
and good understanding of you know financial literacy just just the basics you don't gotta go deep into the tax code or deep into all this other stuff but just understand the basics and then you know once you get to a certain point in life you can start delegating that other stuff you know the cpas and all these different you know types of professionals you can start delegating that stuff to other individuals but when you do do that you still want you still want to know what's going on that way you don't get screwed over right so understand only a third of gen z learned about finances in school right Three quarters learned from home or from family. 39% were self-taught. 20% learned from friends and peers. And 13% learned from a financial professional. All right. I'm not a financial professional at all. My goal is to be the messenger. My goal is to give y'all the information and then y'all do y'all's own research. Y'all go find those financial professionals you go ask them about the stuff i'm you know telling y'all about teaching y'all about like hey would this work in my situation okay how would this work you know what's the best benefit for me and so that's my goal is just to get y'all get y'all in front of the information really and so understand <laughs> understand 20 percent learning from friends and peers it's, it depends on the people, right? Like everybody has that one family member thinks they know it all, but they struggling themselves, right? <laughs> and they trying to teach you the better way of doing it, but they didn't do it themselves. And so understand th there's nothing wrong with learning from friends and family, but back, you know, back check that information. Make sure that information is correct. Make sure my information is correct, right? Don't take everything I say and run with it. Like go back behind me and make sure uh, that information is correct and works for your situation. And so, you know, always do your due diligence when it comes to receiving any type of information from anyone, right? When it comes to cars, for example, like if, <laughs> if, it's, if the problem's big enough, you're going to want to get multiple opinions, right? You don't want to just get one opinion from one mechanic when you're sick or when you're, you know, in the hospital dealing with, you know, serious illness. You don't want to just get one opinion from one doctor, right? And so it's the same thing with finances. Don't just take the one opinion from your favorite YouTuber and just run with it. It might be great. It might be a great piece of advice. It might work just for you, but just you just do the extra work to make sure that it's the best choice for your situation is really all I'm saying. Right. Understand 44 percent of Gen Z talk openly about money with family, friends and colleagues. I, I truly believe that I definitely truly believe that some people <laughs> some people are very, you know, conservative and very quiet about how much they make or you know how much they even how much they used to make it's like bro, you you already passed that why can't you you know talk about your salary now i think i told this story before but like 
when we was doing uh, our orientation um, for this internship I was doing over the past year, like we we got to the subject. I don't even know how, but we ended up getting to the subject of uh, pay and how much we were getting paid. And everybody was getting paid like 22 except like one person because he was in Georgia or whatever. And he was getting paid like 19 or 20. Or he was, yeah, he was getting paid 18 or 19 and everybody else was getting paid 20. And so it was just like, and, and the reason I say that is because in the job description, it said it was based off uh, courses taken, experience, and all that good stuff. And so I came in with two, with two different uh, interns. One had a semester left of school, and then the other one had a whole year of school. And then I had two years of school left. All of us getting paid the same amount. It's like, bro. <laughs> like, y'all complete, like, just straight lying on the uh, job description. And so, it's good. And the, and the reason I bring that story up is because it's good to talk about pay, compensation, and, you know, how much you're getting paid in the workplace. Because you want to know if you're getting paid fairly. You want to know... If you're getting paid what you deserve, right? So don't be scared to talk about finances. Don't be scared to talk about money because, you know, you might you might mess around and find out you're getting paid $10,000 or $5,000 less than somebody completely less qualified than you. And you should want to know that information, right? Millennials. They only talk about, only 41% talk about it. Gen X, 30%. Baby Boomers, 27%. Uh, the mere 10% considering discussing finances with family and friends taboo compared to 12% of Millennials, 18% of Gen X, and 19% Baby Boomers. Right? I think it's perfectly fine to talk about your finances. I mean... At the end of the day, you shouldn't. That's funny. So. You should be comparing yourself in. OK, what are our qualifications? OK. I should be getting paid by the same company. The same if we have the same qualifications, right? But if y'all are on two separate pages, you know, they have completely different experience than you and all that then you shouldn't be doing that type of comparing right and then today gen z views their greatest barriers to financial success as insufficient income to achieve their goals right 46 percent lack okay hold on here we go today gen z views their greatest barriers of financial success as insufficient income to achieve financial goals. That's 46%, right? Lack of job stability, 23%, and being unable to save. I can understand that. I can understand that. I think, and I truly believe that where there is a will, there is a way you can make more income, right? Whether it's 
doing deliveries, whether it's doing, uh, whether it's flipping stuff, whether it's wholesaling, whether it's, you know, all that other stuff on YouTube, drop shipping, like, whether it's a simple skill of making people PDS, whether it's a simple skill of making people webs, like, the, <laughs> it's endless, right? It's endless as to what you can do to produce income. What it comes down to is finding finding something that you're good at, finding something that you possibly enjoy. Focusing on that skill, focusing on a skill related to that, and then offering a service or product around that. That's that's it. That's all you have to do, right? Go buy a fifty dollar power power washer from uh Facebook. Go power wash people's stuff around the neighborhood. Like, <laughs> like yes, it's hard work. Like yes, it's time consuming. But there there's an endless amount of ways to make bread, right? So don't don't let that hold you back from achieving your financial goals, right? Lack of job stability. I can understand that. But that goes right back to skills. Everything that everything from this sentence goes right back to skills. If you got skills, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff, right? Being unable to save. Start small. Start with the start with the change in your pocket. If you still spend money, I use nothing but credit and debit card. But if you still using cash, take the change you get, put it in a, a piggy bank or whatever. Or, you know, even, you know, a couple dollars, throw, throw a couple dollars up in there every once in a while. Like, yes, that's not going to be a lot of money at the end of the day. Yes, that may only be $50, $60 by, you know, a whole year or two. Yes, it's not a lot of money. But you have to get into the habit, right? One thing I've understood, one thing I've learned, and, you know, it, it's just a principle, is in order to get to where you want to be, you have to prepare where you are. So if you want to be, you know, owning a house and doing all these great things, okay, what are you doing in your current situation? Are you taking care of the current home you're staying in? Are you cleaning up? Are you mowing the grass? Are you paying some type of bills? Are you like, what are you doing to prepare yourself for that future life, right? Even if it's a car, if you know, oh, I want the Benz, I want the Maserati, I want the Rolls Royce. Okay, what are you doing in the Camry? <laughs> All right? What are you doing in the Tahoe? What are you doing in the Honda Civic? All right? What are you doing in these cars? Are you taking care of these cars? Are you treating these cars as if they are the nicer cars? All right? Because if you if you want to be blessed with the nice stuff, you need proof that you can take care of the not so nice stuff, right? <laughs> the reliable stuff, the stuff that'll get you from point A to point B. But you need to be able to take care of those things before you can get to the nicer things. And so it's the same thing with money, right? 
if you want the big checks, you want the big bank accounts, you want thousands of millions, you know, thousands of dollars, millions of dollars rolling into your bank account. What are you doing with the hundred dollars that's coming into your bank account every week? What are you doing with the thousand dollars, five thousand dollars you get every month? How are you stewarding that money? Because until you learn how to handle that money, you will never get up to, you know, five, five, six figures, right? I tell you, last week, or this week, I guess technically this week, no, it was last week, my job hired me on full time. So my income literally doubled <laughs> unexpectedly within two days a day, All right? They talked about it the week prior. They talked about it two weeks ago. Hey, we might hire you. And then it just happened. Signed the papers on Tuesday. Full-time employee. All right. And that's only because I developed the skills that that job required. And I was also a good steward of my money. And now God or the universe or whoever you believe in believes and knows that I can handle. I could, I could handle what I had before. Right. I could handle that 22 an hour. All right. What you going to do with this? And the funny thing is, I usually only tithe 10%. But the 27th of July, I went ahead and started tithing 15%. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and I'm going to go ahead and tithe uh, 15%. And so I did. So I gave my 15%. Nothing came of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And so I gave my 15% and I kept it pushing. And then the next week I gave my 15% again, kept it pushing. And then lo and behold, last week or, you know, two weeks ago, they were considering hiring you full time. Hope you're ready. I know you got school, but do you, do you want the job? I said, yeah, I want the job. <laughs> of course I want the job. And it was given to me. Right. So I'm not saying <laughs> find a local church and give 15 percent and you go double your income. But that's you know, that's my story. That's what happened to me. I want to talk about my personal experiences. I want to I let y'all know what's going on in my life. And that that's literally what happened, you know, over the course of the past month. Month, a little, little bit over a month. It's like. Be a good steward of your money and your money will take care of you. All right. Be a good steward of your money and your money will take care of you. There's nothing else to it. Right. Next up, African-American, the community is more likely to say that money is not something that they talk about in their household growing up. That's 41% of African-Americans compared to 22% of non-African. 
A thousand percent. <laughs> I can to it. I can attest to that. We did not talk about finances, and so I understand that a thousand percent. I, you know, I I peaked a little bit when my parents would do um, what's it called fast food, like the fast food application. I, I peek and see what they was making, but other than that, they didn't talk about it. They really didn't. My dad gave me like a general idea. But it, I mean, like, as I got older and, you know, now they talk about it and they don't really care. But growing up, they didn't talk about that stuff. So I, I definitely understand that. And I think that just comes with you approaching them in a mature way, right, for my younger listeners. And just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm curious. Like, I'm, I'm seriously curious about, you know. What this household is bringing in, how y'all are doing it, how y'all budget, how y'all do this, how y'all do that. And like, just, you know, just be upfront, be honest. And if they let you in on it, great. If not, that's cool too. You know what I'm saying? Respect their decision and go learn from somebody else, right? Go learn from a professional. Go listen to this podcast, whatever. But I, <laughs> I definitely definitely understand that and then i think the last yeah the last point i want to make on this right the point is gen z women face financial knowledge and investing gaps but are more likely to take steps towards financial wellness shout out to y'all women shout out to y'all because y'all take action right y'all feel like y'all don't know as much but Y'all are taking action. And that's that's the crucial part. That's the most important part. It's actually taking action. And so I applaud y'all for that. And man, we, we got to get on top of it. We have to. It's not enough to know the information. It's not enough to seek the information. But you have to take action on the information. So women, I applaud y'all for doing that. Here it is. Despite challenges, Gen Z women are more likely than Gen Z men to have taken positive financial action over the last year. Among these who took action, Gen Z women were more likely to have contributed to savings. 76 versus 63 percent openly discussed money with family, friends and colleagues. 63 percent versus 48 percent. Stuck with a budget, 27, yeah, that, that number's a little low, 27% versus 21%, and sought guidance in managing finances, 25% versus 16%. And only 41% were also more focused on saving for future goals compared to 25% of Gen Z men. There was a lot, there was a lot in all that I just read. But I think we should be doing all of this, fam. Everybody listening. We have to be doing all of this. We have to be taking positive financial actions all the time. <laughs> Not sometimes, all the time, right? We have to contribute to our savings. Start with the dollar. Start with $5. Start with 10 Start with 100 Start with 10% of your income. Whatever that number is for you, just start. 
right? I tie 10% and I save 10% and I invest 10%, right? So that's 30% already. That's not going to anything else. That's not going to any retail. That's not going into any retail store. That's not going to any food spot. Thirty percent of my income's already locked in. It's already locked up. It's already not going anywhere, right? I strongly advise that y'all do the same. Not giving y'all financial advice, but I strongly advise y'all figure out what works best for y'all situation. And y'all make y'all make something happen, right? Start saving. Whatever that number is for you, just start. Start talk openly discussing money with family, friends, and colleagues. Now I'm not saying walk up to random people. I'm not saying even walk up to all your friends and just say, Hey, how much are you making? Hey, no, like go to people you trust, like tr- like and trust and have built that bond with, like a strong bond with, and have a conversation with them. Hey, you know, how are you handling your finances? Hey, what are you, you know, doing to budget? What are you doing to save? What are you doing? Whatever the case may be. Like, have these conversations. Because you may know something that they don't know. They may know something that you don't know. But you won't know until you ask. Like, there's been so many light bulb moments when I'm just having conversations with people about finance because they just, just don't know. They don't know that they don't know. And so that, that's the most shocking part is they didn't know that they needed to know that information. And so that's the type of impact I like leaving is like, you know, and not to, you know, make it seem like I'm this know-it-all, but it's like, I'm glad I was able to give you information that you didn't even know you needed. Right. It's one thing to know you need to know something, but you're not really sure how it works, like taxes or something. But then it's another thing when you, a topic is, is completely off your radar and it's like, oh, this would make a lot of sense in my life. So talk about finances with family, friends, or colleagues. Stick to a budget. Fam, my first couple of months, I say I was budgeting, but I was really just keeping track of where my money was going. Like I was not within, like I wasn't overspending. So, I, so I, I'll say that I was, I was kind of, no, I wasn't budgeting, but I was, I, I never overspent like whatever was in the, a, hey, this is how much I make. I never went over that in the, a, hey, this is how much I spent. But as far as, okay, this is how much money I'm allowing for gas this is how much money I'm allowing for food. It's how much money I'm allowing for tithes and offering. It's how much money I'm, you know, all that stuff was all jacked up. <laughs> the The savings column was real low, but the food column was way up here. Like, it was all over the place. So all I was doing was just keeping track of how much money I was spending every month. And so now, I mean, it's great because I can look back and see how bad it really was, how much I really was spending on food, how much I was really spending on dates, how much I was really spending on any and everything. 
but then eventually I started maturing and then I was like, okay, let me, let me go ahead and actually budget. Like, let me actually stay within these, you know, confined lines of, okay, this is what this money is for. This is what this money is for. So I challenge you to actually budget, right? <laughs> like if, if, if you're very new to it and you don't know, and even that you don't know what you're spending on a monthly basis. Okay. Take the first month to do that exact thing, to track what you're spending your money on. All right. Either go back through bank statements, which is going to take a long time. It's going to take at least 30 minutes to an hour to get through all your spending within a month. So if you don't want to do that, cool. Take your first month and just track where you're spending your money. Make main categories. You can do, you know, if you give to a church, cool, that's one. Savings, cool, that's another. Uh, living expenses, you can break that down however deep you want to go. I do food, uh, car, what's it called? Living expenses. Um, what's the other one? What's the other one? What's the business expenses for uh, the podcast? There's an uh, and then personal development, and so I got a couple of a uh, couple of categories that I use, and so figure out what those categories are for you. If you don't have a business, you don't do personal development. Okay, cool. Take those two out, either replace them, or just keep them out, and you know, a lot you know more money into the other categories. All right. Oh man, look, I'm making these episodes long, fam. Give me an extra, extra game. And then, last but not least, seek guidance on managing finances. Sometimes it's not enough to just watch a YouTube video. Sometimes it's not enough to just listen to your parents, listen to a friend. Sometimes it's good to seek professional advice. Now, can you learn everything? Can you learn everything you need from the internet? Yes. Is it gonna take a lot of time? Yes. But you can do it with a lot of cross-referencing and a lot of you know using multiple sources. It's it's a thousand percent possible. But when you use somebody that has experience. On top of the knowledge, they can make they can make some things happen that you know what you don't know, right? They may know some things that you didn't even know you needed to know. So definitely keep that in mind when it comes to going along this financial journey. People, some people will know some things that you just didn't even know was a thing. And that's very, very, very valuable in your life. Next, uh, we're going to skim through this one because this episode is long. This episode is long. This one is from GFLEC, the Global Financial Literacy uh, Excellence Center. What they do every year is they do a, excuse me, they do a, uh, what's it called? My mind is blanked. 
they do a uh, test, right? They do a test, a survey to assess the uh, financial literacy of adults every single year. And so these were the findings. I'm going to go through the findings and then we're going to end this episode right here because this episode is too long, right? The average U.S. adult correctly answered only 48% of the 28 index questions in 2023. This figure is hovered around the 50% mark since the inaugural 2017 survey. So people only getting half the questions right. It's, it's not terrible. It's not, you know, the end of the world. But we can do better. Like I said, it's, you don't have to know everything. These questions aren't the hardest questions in the world. But they are, you know, the basics and, you know, what they believe people should know, right? Next, functional knowledge. Drop my pencil. Functional knowledge is consistently lowest in the realm of comprehending risk. On average, only 35% of those questions were answered correctly in 2023. Financial literacy among Asians and whites were roughly equal. Likewise, financial literacy levels among blacks and Hispanics were roughly equal, I'll bet, at lower levels. African-Americans, brothers, sisters, Hispanics, got to get our game up. We got to get our game up. We got to talk about it. We got to be about it. And so it's our job. It's, you know, the people listening to this to do our own research, to pass it down to our kids, to pass it up to our parents and grandparents no matter how stubborn they are, right? At least give them the information and let them do with that information what they will, right? Financial literacy tends to be low across generations, but particularly among Gen Z, followed by Gen Y. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. So 37% of Gen Z and 30% of Gen Y could correctly answer only up to seven, wow, of the 28 index questions. Yeah, that's, that's not great odds, fam. That is not great odds. So we, we really, especially Gen Z and Gen Y, we have to work. We have to work to understand this information. We have to work to put our financial future in our hands, right? Not in the hands of TurboTax.com, not in the hands of this random YouTuber you found and you only watch one video and you're just gonna take his advice because it's quick and easy. We gotta put it in our own hands until we can afford comfortably afford to delegate all these things to other people and still know what's going on and still be able to sit at the table and ha have a full conversation about what's going on with your finances because it's not theirs they may say they want the best for you they may try to do what's best for you but at the end of the day nobody's going to look out for you like you will look out for you so 
you gotta understand. Look, <laughs> finances aren't going anywhere. So it'd be in your best interest, especially at this young age, to truly, truly understand it. Right? Financial literacy is lowest among Gen Z in seven of the eight functional areas. Comprehending risk is one of the areas where functional knowledge is essentially equal across generations. Right? Understand during, or well, because of inflation, last year, 25% of employed adults decreased their savings. 25%. And 12% stopped saving altogether. Don't stop saving. Do everything in your power to not stop saving. All right. Yes, inflation is going crazy. Yes, bills are due. Yes, life happens. But that's why it's so important to live below your means. Not live at your means. Fam, <laughs> like I doubled my income and it felt like once I did, once I did my budget with the new income, it felt like I was making a lot less. Like it literally, I, I, why I do not know, but it literally felt like I was making less money. Now, part of that had to do with, uh, uh, me aggressively taking care of my student loan debt. I'm trying to take care of that before I turn 25. That is my goal is to knock out all student loans before I'm 25. Uh, so I'm aggressively taking care of that. So that's part of the reason. But look, I, I'm aggressive with it. I'm trying to knock this out, but I'm also still saving and I'm also still investing at the same time. And I'm not living at my means. I'm not living above my means. I'm living below, my, like literally nothing's changed. I literally haven't bought anything crazy, like Besides regular stuff, I haven't bought anything since the uh, since the increase, right? Now, part of that's because the that that two week check hasn't hit yet. It hits next week, but but it, it's still not gonna change nothing, right? It's still not gonna you know make me go out and spend a crazy amount of money. But that's because I know. Taking care of this debt is a lot more important than trying to keep up with Joneses, Carters, Johnsons. I, I don't, <laughs> like it's, keep keeping up with the Joneses is, is just not my thing, fam. And so, uh, it's it's not important to me, and it shouldn't be important to y'all. You should be more focused on your lane your goals, your aspirations. And when you tailor that stuff to you and back it with knowledge of personal finance, you'll get exactly where you want to be. It'll be literally be a straight line drive with you. you it's going to be some hills. It's going to be a little bit of rocky road every once in a while, but you'll get to where you want to be because you tailored your financial goals, your financial plan specifically for you and not for 
anybody else, not just a generic template. So keep that in mind. I just wanted to go through these two articles and these two uh, these two things with you guys. Uh, like I said, one was from Bank of America, Better Money Habits, and then the other one was GFLEC. So check those out if you want to look at you know these articles for yourself. So what did I get from this? Ladies, y'all are killing it with the execution. Fellas, we need to take more action. Yes, we know more or we feel like we know more than women, but we need to also take the action. Talk more with people around you about finances. Go as deep as you want and they will go as deep as they want. Don't pull tooth and nail for their income or what they're not willing to share and they won't do the same for you and don't, you know, tolerate or feel peer pressure to. The goal is for y'all to be, you know, comfortable with talking about the subject. Both of you guys being comfortable with talking about the subject. So keep that in mind. Save. Once you save, get out of debt. Once you get out of debt, invest. So on and so forth. That's my plan. I mean, I'm, I'm investing and getting out of debt. And I'm doing all three at the same time. But do what works for you. That's just a way you can go about it. But with that, I'll take it easy. Peace.